We are continuing our engineering basics discussion by talking about statics, and not the electrical kind, here on the K-12 Engineering Education Podcast. Hi, Southern. Hey, boss. We're here for another episode of... Uh, what is it called? This is called... Well, this is the K-12 Engineering Education Podcast yeah. today, but I think that we're calling this Introduction to Engineering. Introduction to mechanical engineering, actually. Yeah. So the idea is uh, what we're going to do is we're going to pick each engineering. Um, it'll be its own season. And in each of those engineering, we are going to look uh, further into what are the different topics that this mm-hmm. this engineering field covers. And we'll talk a l- talk little bit about some of the most interesting concepts in each of those fields. Um, non-technically, as a casual conversation. Like in real used. life. Yeah, right? where it's used... Like, what exactly is it about? Yeah, what yeah. What do they about? And why it is the way it is? Why the everyday person should care about yeah. mechanical engineering or electrical engineering or nuclear, whatever we're talking about. Yes. And it just so happens that in this season, we're focusing on mechanical engineering. Yeah. And we kind of talked about that in the last episode. We why? Yeah, yeah. And all the different things that go into it. And there's a lot. Yeah. And so today, we're drilling down on one specific topic. Which is... Uh, Mechanics and more specifically statics. Statics. Yes. In fact, that's a class that they that, that we both had to take in undergrad. I think to get yeah, our it's it's actually degrees. something you learn even in high school physics. Yeah, I, was, I yeah. wanted to talk about that. Right. It's like when I went to college and then we had to take a whole class on statics. I was thinking in my head, oh my god, do I have to take physics all over again? again? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I thought, and I was like, oh. But the true, true fact here. That class and the class right after, which is dynamics, which we'll talk about, statics and dynamics together made me think, oh, I majored in the wrong engineering discipline. I was majoring in bioengineering, and I should have majored in mechanical engineering because I really liked the classes, actually. Oh, yeah. so you did okay? You did the wrong major after no, I, I I started as a bioengineer undergrad. Okay, okay. And as a bioengineer, as any engineer, you have to take statics and, and dynamics and all these other classes. Okay. And I learned, oh, man, I should have just been a mechanical engineer. Wait, does uh, do um, computer science or computer engineering? You're right. No, no? they don't. Okay, not every engineer. This is why some yeah. people say computer scientists are not engineers because they don't have to take all the same stuff that bioengineers and electrical engineers and everyone else has to take. Mm. That's well, why what about electrical I, engineers? I don't see why this would be useful for electrical engineers, honestly. Well, I remember, I, I don't, well, there are some things, like if you're designing mm. chips. I do remember then that when I was an undergrad, every electrical, mechanical, bio, and materials engineer, and chemical engineer, and civil engineer, they all took what they called core classes. And it didn't matter what discipline it was you were in, you still had to take statics. You also had to take introduction to circuits, and you had to take introduction to Fortran or something. Yeah, yeah, I remember. We, uh, yeah, we had to take even as a mechanical engineers, we had to take um, electronics, mm-hmm. simple stuff like how motors work. Because um, we would use it, though. That was yeah, the argument. Yeah, yeah. So we don't go as much in detail as actual electrical engineers, mm-hmm. but we do go through simple circuits. Yeah, um, yeah. I think that maybe that's how they go through it as well. But this is fundamentally physics. Statics is yep. fundamentally physics. It's mechanics. It's about uh, 
what what a body is like not a physical body but any <laughs> any that's, kind of yeah that's of, the joke yeah, yeah so yeah that's that is a joke right so any kind of bo- body it's like anything that has a mass to it we consider mm-hmm. that as a body and uh, what are the forces acting on it is the is uh, is the forces making the body go through movement or not movement stillness mm-hmm. so based on that that's how we do it right the study of bodies yeah of of things with mass yes okay there is another word though we are also looking at when you look at statics we also need rigid bodies ah so um yeah so when we look at statics we we take into account it's not it's not only about um the flow the forces acting on it uh-huh. the forces acting on it as a rigid body rigid as in it's not like water or nor is it like a piece of rope okay no, okay piece of rope has a mass not flexible it can have forces yeah it can be flexible now the moment it it's flexible it the field becomes a uh, study of materials mm. so for now we are only looking at there is the body doesn't really bend up it's not flexible rigid it's rigid hard well maybe hard bodies yeah not so, mine <laughs> but so, yes okay you're bringing back memories yeah, these are so all the statics so um yeah. it has to be rigid bodies yeah why statics why is it called statics Uh so my understanding would be see if it makes sense to you as well right yeah. so it's it's about uh, all the rigid bodies that are completely it doesn't have an acceleration so okay the body is at rest that's what it means when it, it's at static conditions which just means that there is no um there's no movement happening in in the body or between um parts of the body so it can move it's just not getting any faster or slower right yeah Like I could move at a constant constant speed, speed. Yeah. in space and if there's no gravity pulling me in anywhere there would be no acceleration. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's like a car going at a constant speed. Right, right, right. So the moment it's going at a constant speed, uh we can assume that uh, all the other forces acting as an equ- is is typically in equilibrium. Uh-huh. So when you say equilibrium it just means that it's all balanced. Yeah. All the forces are for every force you have an opposite force and it cancels out and becomes zero so if it's uh, it's either that or it's not moving at all mm-hmm. there is no velo- there's not even a velocity but in real life scenario that's not even possible because <laughs> the, the earth is rotating and revolving around the sun and the sun is revolving around the galaxy so you're always having something happening so we're studying an unrealistic unrealistic scenario. but we are also talking about only in relation to something else right so i guess fundamentally the point is if it doesn't speed up or slow down no then yes it means there, it's in static conditions if its motion is going to continue on with nothing really changing it yeah okay yeah. i can picture that i can yeah. picture a car going at 30 miles per hour yeah so mm-hmm. it's like at, at rest but you know doesn't have to be still Right, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. You mentioned the word forces. That's also a physics word. And you said the forces are in equilibrium or they're balanced? Yeah. What is force? Oh, wow, that's a it's <laughs> a deep question, right? Yeah, it's <laughs> I feel like we're talking about religion. Like you talked about, oh, the balance of all the forces on our body and it that's like a... instantly reminded me of a <laughs> yoga discussion that we had the other day. But that's not quite the same thing right we're not talking about like emotional forces or spiritual for- well maybe no, maybe spiritual forces maybe, yeah. for some people we're talking about 
physical forces like the push and the pull that you feel. Yeah. And how much you experience push and pull is proportional to how much force you're experiencing. All right. Magnitude of force. So uh, let's say we, we place, uh, okay, what do we have? Let's play we place the laptop on the table. Okay, okay this, this laptop this is, that we're using to record this podcast is on the table. Yes, and also everybody, a lot of people use laptop and they always place it on a table. Yeah. Now we can say that the laptop is right now in a static condition. Right, There's it's not nothing, moving. It's not moving unless you're trying to move the... Uh, well, it's not getting faster or slower, we should say. Yeah. It's not accelerating. Yeah, the bodies of... There's like two links. Based, simp- any laptop will have like two um, rigid bodies that are... That's coming together as a like the table is wait wait wait, you're saying the the laptop itself is a laptop itself has like this as a joint there oh where the the monitor opens and closes closes yeah so we we're not we need to consider that you're not trying to move that so so we're treating the whole laptop as as a solid monoblock that never bends l shape block so it's open it's there you're not trying to adjust the screen so it's already set so right now there is the weight of the uh, laptop itself that's pulling it downwards mm-hmm. because of gravity, gravitational force. So if it's pulling it, then uh, there is a force that's acting directly downwards, pushing down. Yeah, why isn't it crashing through the the table here? Right. So why do you why do we why do we consider it as an equilibrium? And we also yeah. know that the laptop's not going anywhere. Yeah, because for the exact pull, the same amount of pull it's experiencing, the table is giving the push. So when they cancel out each other, the laptop is at rest. It's an equilibrium. It's an equilibrium. So I heard you say that for one force, there was an equal and opposite force reacting to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. That sounds like something that everyone has said. That's in pop culture. Yeah. Uh, it's Newton's third law, right? Yeah, yeah. One of the honestly, I don't remember. We can look that up. Okay, it's the third it's law. one of the law. It's the it's third law. Thank the, you, Southern, yeah, for so knowing like this. Equal and opposite. This is the most equal famous and pop opposite. culture. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. say that yeah. in cartoons, and yeah, they they use it as an analogy, as a joke, like as a relationship. Joke yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we use a lot of this. Is all classical physics, right? So we use a lot of a lot of Newtonian uh, equations. I gotta just say, as an aside, I love how technical words end up becoming more poetry type words as time goes on that's true like the whole phrase equal and opposite reaction that yeah. ended up being used by storytellers and stuff as it's even as used as a joke right yeah exactly yeah. or yeah. the word force or the word gravity i mean gravity energy. energy yeah yeah spiritual energy right <laughs> this, is, this is part of the reason why there's confusion when we talk about this today because right. people yeah, have yeah. co-opted technical words to mean more than just the literal thing like a force is not just a physical push or a pull. Now a force is, oh, I'm attracted to someone or, oh, it's pulling me to to do something. Or may the force be with you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, pop culture. Right, right, <laughs> actually. Like, I wonder if someone's quantified the force in Star Wars. Yeah. Is it a push or a pull? I don't know. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about more physical yes. nature of force. But actually, that reminds me of another thing. Yeah. Um, Einstein's theory of relativity. Oh, and that uh, in pop culture or you know everyday use, we kind of assume that you know. I think he he himself, he himself gave an example of it's more of a joking, jovial example. Like uh, relativity is something like one hour spent with the person you like 
versus one hour spent sitting on a hot stove. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, that's true. That is ultimate relativity. Yeah, right? that is experientially. Yeah, that that's the idea of when he says time is relative. But I mean, it's a joke. It's not what the equations use. But just yeah. some little tidbit from what you said. All right. Okay, so there's more to statics. We, we said that in statics, there's balance of forces or equilibrium and different physical laws like Newton's third law. Um, there is There are different types of forces too. I know that you bring back those memories of my classes. There's like linear forces, things yeah. that push in a straight line. Like when we talked about our laptop here, yeah. gravity is pulling it down. Mm -hmm. The table is pushing it straight back up, opposite mm -hmm linearly aligned directions but like not everything has just two forces on it right yeah yeah exactly like imagine now this table that is in front of us we don't have three people in the room today no no three podcast three person podcast today but what if all three of us were pushing on this table like on all th all three sides or maybe four people yeah we've got one person on each side and we're all pushing on the table it would move in the direction I push because I have the because strongest. Because you're stronger than everyone. Okay, there. So so that's no longer static. Oh, well, maybe it's statics if you don't accelerate it. No, if it's balanced. If it's perfect. Oh, you're right. If it's no. perfectly balanced. No. Okay, but here's... I'm going to use a different example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm going to go back to the same example of laptop. Mm -hmm. um, so you keep the laptop on the floor, on the table, and it's at rest because gravity is acting down. Okay. And the table is pushing it up and it's canceling out. So you got two forces, rest. yeah. Yeah. But why isn't the table sliding around? There is another thing that's happening there. It's not sliding around anywhere. Like cuz I can I can tell anyone who's listening right now, I'm reaching over the table and I'm pushing my laptop gently and it's still not moving because mm -hmm. I'm really weak. And well, I'm, there is also some grips used under. But what are the grips doing? Like that rubber surface on the bottom? Yeah, the four knobs are maybe multiple. Yeah, uh, well, I'm pushing it, and it seems like it's gripping onto the table and yeah. stopping me from... From moving it. From moving it, so yeah. So it's continuing to be at rest. In so, fact, I, I'm i pushing it, and if I push hard enough, it will start to move, but you're saying that right now it's still a static yes. scenario. Yeah. And here we've got a couple different forces on it. Gravity push pulling down, the table's pushing back up on it. Now I am weakly pushing it in into the side and nothing's happening it's not sliding at all so i believe it's friction it is pushing back right all right it is friction so but there is a limit to what the material can offer in terms of friction when the force is higher than that it'll start sliding so we need someone who's stronger to to push yeah. more so then you should push it a little <laughs> bit more and see if we can overcome oh we don't want to make any any noise we'll on screw the mic up our sound right okay, yeah, yeah so, so let's we'll, not do we'll that. let it be it'll stay just keep it in the imagination level okay so there was another thing I realized uh, in terms of the laptop example itself. So we did talk about how uh, the two parts, the screen and the keyboard, is connected at a joint. And uh, let's say you move the screen itself uh, all the way, not all the way. Let's say you move it. Oh, yeah. So when you try to move it a little bit, it doesn't move much. Okay. But it's generally easier to um change the angle of the screen so i'm bending the screen mo the monitor it. yeah it's like 90 degrees open right now okay so let's say if you open it further and make it uh now it's like 120 uh, yeah, degrees so, open yeah let's say it's 130 but it's it's at 130 
but it's just, it has stopped moving it's not um completely falling down right when you stop pushing it it stopped moving too yeah so we got another static scenario i can see it right there yeah so um we can call that moment the force that you're applying now okay so uh, let, let's look at it this way so when you when you use your finger and put it on top of the screen right where my it, webcam camera, camera is, is right? when you push it it's a lot easier to push let's see so i'm pushing on the outside oh yeah See, it's, it's, it's almost easier. tipping over my laptop. But no, if I I'm going to hold this, hold the bottom. So I'm going to pull it back towards It's a lot camera. easier, right? Right. Now, let's use, let's get half the way on the screen, on the side. So I'm going to do something that you shouldn't do and push in the middle of the laptop screen. It's hotter. Yeah, let's not do that. Okay, and you <laughs> go further lower, let's all the way to the side. bottom of the screen. Yeah, that's ridiculous. That's like, that's a lot hotter. Right. Okay, so what is happening here? The further away you move from a joint, it's a lot easier to move it. And we call this entire thing moments. So if we're trying to rotate a rigid body yeah. around some kind of a axis, joint. Yeah. some kind of joint, yeah. when we apply a force perpendicular to that radius, I'm using a lot of terms here. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, no, no, no. It, it makes sense. So you're pushing it away or Towards. Yeah, like when you open a door, you put the handle on the out, like furthest away mm -hmm. from the hinge because mm -hmm. who's going to open a door with exactly. a handle close to the hinge? Yeah. You pull perpendicular to the, the plane of the door because that's the easiest direction mm -hmm. to rotate that that door. So, so it sounds like we have we have an equilibrium of forces when it comes to um, a rigid body just moving in a direction but we also have an equilibrium of moments an equilibrium yes. of yeah. a body rotating yeah. like our laptop that laptop screen is no longer rotating it's yeah. an equilibrium both in rotation and in linear motion yep so all the forces are canceling out each other and the there is also friction that's acting on the joints but they are all canceling out each other there is it's not speeding up or slowing down when the net force or the total force when you all add all of them together the opposites on the opposite cancel and then it comes to zero okay so that's pretty much what static is studying these these forces all applied these in different, different directions forces, yeah stopping the rotation stopping the or limiting the rotation limiting the change in rotation yeah Limiting the change in the velocity, change in the motion. Sliding. Yeah. So that's Sliding, good. that's yeah, right. Yeah. You know, the example they would always give in both our physics and mechanical engineering classes regarding statics were like these impossible scenarios of, oh, two people are on an, a giant ice skating rink hmm. and they're pushing each other. And like, it was always these scenarios that don't really happen in real life because that's the only way you can study it in class. you got to come up with an ideal scenario that is so uncommon. Wait, I've never heard that uh, ice skating example. Well, like where you have a frictionless table. Okay. And we put a laptop on this frictionless table. Okay. And if I push on one side, it, it'll just go. But if you have someone else pushing on the other side, it'll balance out. Oh, okay. So in the skating, like two people are pushing each other it's, and they're saying... It's just the idea okay, of getting okay, rid of it, friction, got it, got it, yeah. getting rid of any kind of reality, like... Like, I was just thinking that, um, what was I thinking? Like, when you were talking about the previous example with the moments and everything, in real life, 
objects have all sorts of moving parts. Like our laptop is has got at least, you know, two rigid bodies connected by a joint. And then our own human bodies are connected, you know, with all these things and soft joints and whatever. And I remember thinking like, oh, my teachers would always simplify a real life scenario down to something that could be represented with the static situation. Like my body has all these joints in it, right? And it's soft and it's squishy. And like, I'm accelerating right now as I move my hands, but like my physics teacher back then would be um, saying, oh no, I'm just going to re represent you with a single coordinate point. And gravity is, a, is being applied right on that single point. And then the equal and opposite reaction from my chair is being applied on that single point. And that's all you have to worry about. You don't have to worry about anything else. And it, it just makes me think, oh, engineering is all about simplifying things to unrealistic situations. <laughs> okay, I wouldn't call it I'm unrealistic. Kidding, I, know, <laughs> I know, but like that's the surprising thing. Yeah. It's It may be unrealistic for some people to talk about, mm. but it actually is realistic enough it's to- For designing yeah, things. Yeah, for designing, yeah. for calculations. Yeah. It's like very, very useful. So I guess when would you need to um, know about the moments we were talking about, about forces canceling each other or we don't want friction happening. Mm. We don't want it to want the one of our whatever building to to deform or to bend. Like, you know, so what where, where exactly would something uh, learning about all of these different forces, learning about all of these loads that can happen? So we were talking about forces here. So we can also say force is equal to load. Or instead of instead of uh, me using my hands to push it, if I throw a ball at it or mm -hmm. like put a weight to move it, it's still the same thing. Same force. That's Newtons. In Newtons, it's happening. Sure. So uh, the question is, where where does it realistically where is it applied? Like right, right. Yeah. In reality, what do we care about statics? Yeah. Why do we need to learn about all these small yeah. details yeah. that seems that seems seemingly uh, so so abstract. It seems like it, yeah. yeah. But you got a point. It's there's actually lots of places where it comes up, yeah. And you you said a couple of them. Buildings. I mean, they shouldn't move a whole lot. Yeah, they should be static. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, the building might have some issues. Yeah. So, um, you might want to do some calculations on the statics of every beam in your building. Make sure that all the forces are balanced on yeah. there. When you're building, obviously the the foundations um, where the beams are here, the the structure that holds the other parts, like the cement, the mortar, or the wooden floors in place, is actually the the steel beams that you mm. install in the first place. Now we can call this the frame framework for the building. So that's one major applications in terms of why we understand uh, bodies at rest. And what happens to bodies at rest when the forces are acting on it? It's because of this specific thing. If you want to continue to make them at rest, you need to understand all the forces acting on it and how we can oppose these forces acting on them. Mm -hmm. So, so they can, it's continuous being in rest or continuous being in net force of zero. We had an example right at the beginning. Yeah. Whenever you have a moving object that isn't changing in velocity, mm -hmm. whenever we drive down the road and I, I, I drive at a great constant velocity all the time on the highway. Like I'm <laughs> yeah, always yeah, at, awesome, right? yeah. yeah, I drive at 70 miles an hour and there's no deviation yeah. from that. And so if you were studying that scenario, my, the forces on my car are at rest. 
or sorry, are in equilibrium. Yeah. If I use the phrase correctly, yeah. it means that my engine is is applying some kind of force so that it goes on the wheels and the wheels push my car forward. Yeah, I think you can experience it like if you're sitting in the car, you can experience it like uh, when you hit on the gas. When you hit on the gas, the when you hit on the cla- gas, it feels like you're being pushed back. Yes, it's right? called an accelerator. Yeah, of course. Yeah, the, you're applying acceleration, yeah. but when you take your foot off the accelerator. And you don't do anything. You just slowly. If it's moving at say, okay, let's say start. Let's start with zero. Yeah. And you kick the pedal um, or the gas. You pr- push the gas, and till it reaches thirty, you feel like your body is being pushed back. Right. Because it's moving forward, and your body's at rest, so it's trying to push back on you. And when you apply brakes, then you boom, move forward when this car is stopping. So relative to each other, one is at rest, one is in moving. Um, so, but then when you're going at a constant speed and you're in the car, you, you, both your body and the car is moving at the same velocity or same, moving at the same speed. So you don't really feel, feel any motion. It's like you're sitting in a room mm-hmm. other than the bumps on the road and the turning that you make. Yeah, if it's yeah. a straight road and you know, just going, you don't feel anything. It's like you, you might as well be sitting in a, in a completely, you know, flat office place or you, you could right. be sitting in a bedroom, you know. Right, right, right. But I think applica- in application-wise, building is, is definitely one of the best yeah. examples. Because also the cool thing about the building example is that your force forces in that situation, they're not applied to a single point. Yeah. Like I was talking about how maybe in the car, we're just talking about how the forces are all applied to our body alone. Mm-hmm. Or in this chair, I'm just modeling myself as a single point on this chair. But like with the building, a beam, you have forces across the entire beam at yeah. the two ends. Mm-hmm. And the forces are spread out. So you have to worry about how it rotates as well. And so it's kind of a cool problem to think about that in a statics scenario. Like you got to think about how do all these forces on every single part of the beam Mm -hmm. cancel out. I I think that that's cool. Actually, that was the part of engineering that that made me more interested in mechanical engineering when I took that class. It It was the problem-solving aspect of, okay, I've got this more complicated object and I'm pushing and pulling it in different ways. How can you add a certain force just to make it balance out just right Right. so that it stays put or um, besides um, buildings and beams, you might think about bridges. It's the same deal. Oh yeah. Bridges is another great example. Cause you apply forces, not just on a single point on a bridge. Yeah. I mean, you have a hundred cars on the golden gate bridge in San Francisco at any one time. Yeah. Every single one of those cars is applying, you know, a ton of force at a different point on that bridge. Mm -hmm. And then you've got the different, what is it, pillars coming out from the earth and the water. And also, it's not like all the cars are, um, it could be trucks, which are like 10 times as much as It's not a uniform load. It's a very, what? Distributed varying loads. It's It's the opposite of uniform. Random, I don't know. No, it's okay. So um, non, non-uniform. That's non-uniform. The opposite. <laughs> That's what we use as a technicality here. Yeah. But yeah, randomness is in, in everyday usage. But usually right. it's, a, it's a varying ro- load. Because you got to design this bridge for, for a lot different, of different types conditions. of loads. Yeah. So trusses. Trusses is another thing that's that's great. So if you look at some of the bridges, if you look at the bottom of the bridges, they'll be like this triangle shapes. Uh, different triangles, upside down, you know, pyramid shapes. So from what we have learned uh, on how different shapes behave in terms of uh, different load conditions, we have found that triangle are the best, especially in the bridge case scenario. They are the ones 
where you can use minimal material you don't need to use you can think about it like okay what if i use a solid iron for the entire bridge right one it's it's incredibly difficult to manufacture and install a giant block of iron yeah, is that yeah. you're saying yeah. so instead of the golden gate bridge we would just have a one, giant cylinder of iron right? yeah imagine that that's going to be terrible design right okay right. i'm not sure which one is golden is the san francisco bridge san francisco that red one from full house oh I yeah so. okay i don't know what full house but i remember what you're talking i, I yes. know what you're talking about but um so for okay i have i, I think i have the perfect example to understand trusses mm-hmm. or a certain level of framework that comes from understanding statics is the cranes or you know the cranes construction that, cranes construction cranes if you look at them you'll see that they had small triangle triangle yeah. shapes oh yeah now yeah. imagine the entire thing solid metal <laughs> okay that's <laughs> hey that's a good yeah that's, that's not gonna stay up very long it'll it's weighs so much yeah 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 and some of these beams are even hollow so we were able to do that only because we understand statics only because we understand what shapes how forces affect different shapes so without understanding that we would never come up with a design so right now that arm instead of weighing like uh, what like 50 tons it weigh, it weighs 1 ton right that's 1/50th of the weight yeah and i mean i don't know if you heard recently when one of those cranes fell down somewhere oh like even though it's a lighter weight it crane with trust so it's still heavy damage. enough yeah. where it causes lots of damage and yeah, you know yeah. kills people so you can imagine we are preventing a lot of yeah. disasters by making most of our cranes lighter weight out of trusses and and using statics yeah. to calculate it and also even if it's so much if it weighs so much if it's imagine if it's made of solid iron steel uh, how much power do you need to move it around? yeah no and um, money what kind of motor will it be yeah yeah so that's where it's useful so to understand how bodies at rest how they behave when different forces are acting on it and how can you continue to keep it in rest and what are the shapes that aid in doing that is all that we learn in 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 its core abstraction in statics do you think that people who lived 10,000 years ago knew about the calculations to uh in statics like the stuff that we learned like the people who built the pyramids the pyramids uh, are static yeah there there's an equilibrium of forces there at the end i That's wonder true. I wonder what they did was it just guess and check? I don't think they did guessing work. I'm sure they had enough evidence. Maybe it was an empirical thing. It's yeah. not like they calculated yeah. it using yeah. equations yeah. that we did, but I'm sure there were some calculations involved. Um maybe not a static calculation. Mm-hmm. But I mean it has to be mathematical. If you want to build the perfect pyramid this you with the construction There's something, and all of that. Yeah. I'm sure they use mathematical geometry equation. and all these geometry to do maybe that. not all the things that we use no. but they must have done something yeah engineering start with uh, the the wheel when they first invented the wheel right so that's still engineering or when they first made a find found a way to um okay wheels is one big technological advancement yeah. but it also has something as simple as um learning to um plant trees and grow so they can settle down that's an agricultural sure. technology of yeah. engineering we have agricultural engineering when there's the systematic study of of no. this natural phenomenon yeah how can we how can we make something work so that we don't yeah. put as much effort it strikes me that yeah we're talking about statics which is the equilibrium of physical forces and moments 
But the idea of equilibrium in general is so constant across the different fields of engineering. Yeah, yeah, we're true. talking about mechanical right now, but there's yeah. this idea of balance in the electrical, in civil engineering, yeah. even in bioengineering. My field, there's mm-hmm, a mm-hmm. a class, you know, all about biological equilibrium, right? Like the chemical equilibrium between the the cells, the inside of a cell and the outside of a cell. Mm-hmm. Like everything has a certain way of making things um, stay constant. I think the word in, right. in the bioengineering thing is homeostasis right. for your yeah, body. Yeah, yeah. Like to keep all your chemicals and body temperature and everything right. constant, you you need to have certain a certain balance of chemicals in you. And right. I guess in that same sense, for objects to be in equilibrium, you got to have that certain balance of forces. Yeah. I think the best example I have to emphasize equilibrium um is the sun itself or mm. stars any stars that is just that you see right now hmm. uh there is two forces acting and obviously i'm generalizing this a lot but so this is forces in the not in the push pull sense oh it is in the push pull sense oh really yeah. okay so in the push sense at the core of a star i'm going to i'm going to talk about suns and let's just talk about sun itself so anything that's like suns is a star right yeah so you have um what is what is happening inside is huge explosions huge explosions and by nature explosion means moving outside from a center the the force of pushing away from the center and this is happening because of nuclear fusion mm-hmm. of uh, hydrogen atoms coming together to make to make helium and it creates a huge explosions like a tons and tons of nuclear maybe a lot more like explosion happening at the center of the sun which is pushing away everything outside but then with the with the mass of what the sun is you have the gravity acting towards the center oh, so okay. when they are in perfect equilibrium when the gravity is it cancels out the explosion Whoa. you get you get a spherical ball hanging in the middle of the space it's the sun. that's really interesting right? i didn't think yeah. about it like that no yeah. cuz now you have all these forces that are acting from the same same direction like yeah Like I think I was always using the example of me sitting in a chair where mm. the forces are pointing at me but mm. now you've got it's like a point the center of the sun and you have all these forces pointing going outside yeah. in all directions in yeah. a spherical direction and then forces all pulling inside, inside gravity yeah. in all directions yeah. that's that's really interesting it is but if you if you if you take the balance out a little bit The, you get a supernova. They, you get a supernova, or you get a black or, hole. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Right? I, that's we, how they've discovered. So we're in this special zone of of equilibrium where uh, okay. life can sustain. So equilibrium is not boring, like I was first saying in the beginning. Wait, like, did you say that? Well, oh. I was saying basically that oh, I used to think that the study of these types of physics problems and and these simple statics problems i used to say like oh we're just studying simple cases that don't ever really exist mm-hmm. like we're studying a laptop that's not doing anything that's sitting on a table right that's the, i'm i'm studying an apple sitting on a chair that's not exciting we want to study the apple being thrown against the tree or the car hitting three other cars and yeah. everything moving well what you just told me is kind of a counter example not everything in statics is boring statics in, makes the sun exist it lets all life exists that we know it it's something special my laptop sitting there on the table is special because it lets us do this podcast it's not crashing to the ground because of gravity and we have newton's third law to help us ensure that the table is keeping it up 
equilibrium is special. Equilibrium in our biology and homeostasis is special so that we're alive. So I think that's why studying equilibrium and statics is good. So thank you, Southern. I have a newfound appreciation for statics. That's awesome. Not as boring as I used to think. <laughs> for equilibrium specifically, because that's where the, the sun comes and life comes into picture. Yeah. Awesome. So what are we going to talk about next? So we covered statics, which is part of mechanics, yeah. which is about um, about bodies at rest. Now the question is, what happens to the forces? What happens to the body when, when it is accelerating? When it's speeding up or slowing Supernovaing down? or black holing? Yes. So we have the sun. Now we'll talk about black holes. That's and, exciting. Uh, and where the cells from your body itself came from. Supernovas. <laughs> When my body starts to overheat and yeah. then I die. Yeah, no, that's... The that's, same concept, but we're not going to talk about that. We might. Yeah, that's really more but, of it. No, uh, we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> no, I think we should. We'll talk about it because since because we spoke about equilibrium and sun, <laughs> we will talk about how black holes and, uh, and all okay. those higher molecules are formed in supernova. Uh, but then uh, essentially we're going to talk about dynamics which is the which is another major field of uh, mechanics yeah. in mechanical engineering where we get acceleration acceleration is no yes. longer zero yeah can't it's wait it's no longer zero it's going to move there's going to a lot of interesting things going to happen this has been another special episode of the K12 Engineering Education Podcast with the mechanical engineers Southern Satya Seelan and yours truly Pius Wong Thanks for listening, everybody. Review the show, share the show, and send me suggestions on what's interesting to you in engineering education today. Special thank you to the supporters of this show on Patreon, as always, because your donations make all this possible. To find out more about how you can donate to the show and let me know that you're listening, go to my Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash Labs, and that Pios is not spelled like my name. It is with an O, so you can find a link to it from the website, k12engineering.net. Today, our opening music is called Soar, and our closing music is called Polar, both by the artist Chris Pop. You can find more music by Chris Pop on SoundCloud under the username ChrisPop99. That's Chris with a CH, or just check out the show notes for a link. The K-12 Engineering Education Podcast is a production of my independent studio, Pios Labs, in Austin, Texas, where I work on multiple education and engineering projects like this one. So until next time, thanks for listening. Couple post-show notes. This may be the final episode of the 2018 season. I've been super busy with teaching and actually doing some web development, not just for this podcast site, but in general. Uh, but besides all that, I wanted to talk briefly about some topic ideas for future episodes once I get the time to cover them. One of the beautiful things about having a podcast is that you're somewhat of a journalist and people will tell you things. They'll tell you their opinions about engineering and education and STEM education, stuff like that. And they'll tell you it even though they might not want to be recorded in front of a microphone on the record. A lot of people, especially a lot of educators, former educators, current educators, are not happy with how they're paid. You can see that in the news with the teacher strikes that have been happening uh, next door to Texas in Oklahoma. There's been a lot of news about that that happened in Washington state. 
Uh, it's all over the country. Here in my district, public school district of Austin Independent School District, um, there are proposals to cut funding, close schools uh, in in the public school sector. And that's not just happening here in Austin. And Austin is a rich city, by the way, I think. Uh, but it's happening all over the country. And teachers are mad about it. Um, so all around, I know that educators are feeling the heat. And that's why they're leaving the profession when they shouldn't be. There are also like great signs that educators are going into the industry from other industries too that they're going into the field if, taking non-traditional routes to get certified and that's interesting i think maybe we might see that as a pattern to talk about in the coming years coming months um and so these are the things on my mind teacher pay the state of teaching and, and how people view teaching whether in the technical professions or not and the difficulty it is to hire diverse teachers and keep them there to hire qualified computer science teachers, for example. So that's something that hopefully I can tackle come 2019, among lots of other cool things like toys and, and educational games and the cool stuff being done at the microbrewery nearby who has hired a chemical engineer to manage uh, manufacturing of their beer. But these are all the things that I would like to cover. And I can't really do it without the support that I've gotten and, and with continued support. So thank you so much for donating that dollar monthly to those of you on Patreon. Happy 2018. Uh, and I, I hope it wasn't too problematic for most of you. I hope you enjoyed the good parts of it. And I hope that 2019 serves you very well. To all the teachers listening, good luck. Enjoy the winter break. And we'll see you in the spring.